0: Hello everybody and welcome back to MarTech Masters. I'm here today with Scott Brinker. He is the VP of Platform Ecosystem at HubSpot, but so much more than that. Hi, how are you doing, Scott? And thank you for being here today.
1: Oh yeah, no, thank you for having me. It's great to be here with you.
0: That's awesome. That's awesome. So if you don't know Scott, you definitely know what he has been doing for years because you know the MarTech Landscape Super Graphic. You definitely have seen the marketing technology graphic that has the thousands of apps that martic uh, and how it's growing Love it,
1: hate it. <laughs> <laughs> no, and, probably and, hate it yeah no
0: yeah probably hate it because you couldn't see those little uh, icons but also loved it because it's like keeps growing and growing uh scott why don't you tell us a little bit of uh you know who you are what you've been doing and what what your role is at hopspot so everybody can uh, can connect with that
1: sure so i've I've spent a career at uh, the intersection between the worlds of uh, marketing and uh, technology Uh, i've run my own agency uh, in the past i've uh, been a SaaS entrepreneur Uh, three years ago i uh, had the privilege of joining the hubspot team to help them uh, really make that transition from being primarily a product company into increasingly a platform company so it's not just what HubSpot builds and ships, but it's like this incredible ecosystem, of all these other app partners, uh, you know, creators, builders, you know, who extend uh, the capabilities of the HubSpot platform. Uh, so I spend my days running the uh, app partner program there. Uh, I love it for so many reasons, but one of which is it's just like every week I get to see new innovation of like what new partners are creating. And it just never ceases to amaze me. Um, as part of that intersection of marketing and technology, I've written a blog for twelve years, uh, chiefmartech.com. Uh, you know, partly looking at the technologies in that space, which is what led me to that crazy exercise of the yearly map of all of them, which is up to eight thousand now, just totally, totally crazy. But frankly, as much of a fascination with the people. You know, and the way in which like skill sets and organizations have like changed. I mean, the marketing department today is really different uh, yeah. than it was 12 years ago. You know, and it's not like all, all those fundamentals of marketing are as applicable as ever, but it's now been augmented, you know, by this, you know, technology powered capability, this, you know, operational savviness. Um and so, yeah, just really watching the 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 arc uh, of the marketing profession evolve here uh yeah it's it 's just been uh, a passion of mine uh to be able to observe it and advocate for it
0: that 's awesome and congratulations on the five hundred plus applications on the hopsaw platform that was a huge achievement
1: yeah although i i mean you know <laughs> all modesty it 's like i It's actually the app partners who are, you know, deserve the congratulations there. I mean, the people who are building things, you know, on and around the platform now. uh, It's just, it it is so inspiring to see. So I'm so grateful to them.
0: That's awesome. So let's talk a little bit about the evolution of the marketing technology landscape in 2020. I know a lot of things have changed and we'll we'll go there, but what have you seen in the last couple of years? You mentioned the marketing marketing teams are completely different than they used to. They're using technology more than ever. Why don't we uh, talk a little bit about those things?
1: Yeah, I mean, wow, so where to begin? It's, you know, one of the questions I get asked every year when we do the MarTech landscape is like, okay, what's the hot category? What's the one where you're really seeing things take off? And every year it stumps me because the the answer is i actually am seeing growth and innovation happening across all of these categories i mean uh, in fact for the 2020 landscape there wasn't a single category that did not grow on its own uh, now some are growing more than others for instance uh, you know the fastest growing whole collection of categories is all around uh, the cluster we call the 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 data side of things. So everything from, you know, business intelligence to, you know, data, you know, governance to, you know, all sorts of cool stuff that people are doing with, you know, visualization. I mean, there's, you know, it's not surprising, right? We've spent like the past 10 years, you know, talking about how big data, you know, everything, just data explosion and we're collecting all this data and we're getting more of it, you know, and more and more and more. And so marketers, you know, have this huge wealth of data and now the question becomes, well, okay, uh, what, do we do? <laughs> what do we do with this? How do we harness this? You know, how do we protect it? How do we you know, like be responsible with it? You know, so there's obviously just an incredible amount of innovation happening in that category as we as an industry learn how to be, how to really unlock the value uh, out of this new asset.
0: Yeah, and also how to interconnect the different pieces of data, where do you host all that data, do you have one database, do you have other sources that go into that, uh, that database in the middle, so all the different interconnections and integrations that have to do with the data also make different businesses, every single one of them could be an app, right?
1: It is astounding. Uh, And I think this is, yeah, I mean, you know, to your point, part of what's really intriguing is you're starting to see businesses, you know, when we talk about digital transformation, I mean, I I know it's a buzzword, but um, it's, it's real, it is happening. You know, there's one level where digital transformation means like, oh, okay, I'm going to digitize my internal processes, I'm going to maybe uh, develop these digital marketing, digital customer uh, engagement channels, you know, and that's all legitimate. But another side effect of this digital transformation is companies are starting to realize that between things like the data that they have, um, or possibly some of the application technology, you know, that they develop for themselves, that they realize, wait, this this actually has value to other people, you know, whether it's the data or the apps. And so you're seeing companies that wouldn't have thought of themselves as software companies or data companies. Part of one of the artifacts of this digital transformation journey is they realize, wow, we actually have a piece of this uh, that's a part of our market.
0: Yeah, that's, that's for sure. We've seen many agencies turning into software companies, agencies that develop little apps and they Turn them. They put them in the uh, platform, and they start growing. That's uh, that's great. Any other trends that you see or big changes lately on the landscape?
1: Oh wow! Um, so I think one, you know, and I, I'm not just saying this because this is why I do at HubSpot. Uh, but uh, part of why I do this at HubSpot is because I believe this is the direction the industry is taking. Is you're seeing just a lot more integration. Uh, between these uh you know different tools across the landscape um you know there's now starting to emerge to be a relatively small set of well-established platforms you know public companies and you're starting to now see these more specialist apps just as part of their product roadmap as part of their go-to-market you know is developing integrations with those platforms as a way to really remove friction for their customers Uh, So that it's so much easier now for, you know, a customer to like go into an ecosystem, you know, for their platform of choice and say, oh, okay, well, I'm looking for a tool, you know, to be able to do like direct mail automation. Oh, this one, I can get it. It plugs right in. It fits into my data. I've got, you know, my workflows connect, you know, my uh, reporting connects, um, that is a really big transformation because that's maybe been the single biggest challenge for marketers with the MarTech landscape is, yeah, there's all this incredible innovation, but how do we get it all to work together? And while we still have a ways to go as an industry, I feel like we're really making a lot of progress in that direction.
0: It is getting better. It's, it, it used to be impossible to choose which software you're gonna use because again, you have different ways to connect. Now, like you said, you you pick a platform and that platform like HubSpot, the HubSpot platform with the 500 apps, it's, it's pretty much impossible not to be able to find an app. Now you have options. And I believe one of the, the biggest, back to your point, that one of the biggest um, reasons why we choose specific software versus other ones is their integration with the platform. If the integration is great, if the data flow is great, if I can make, you know, have triggers and use workflows and do this and that with the data that I get from that app, then that app is going to have a big, it's going to be stickier, is going to be better value. We're going to be able to generate more value for our agency, for our customers. So it is getting better and better. And a lot has to do with the uh, picking the platform and actually making it work. I think that's the biggest challenge. Have you seen that?
1: Yeah, no, and actually I think this becomes a real axis of competitive differentiation, both for, you know, apps within an ecosystem, but even then for like the platforms and the collection of apps around them, is uh, I I made a somewhat of a joke a, a few months back that, you know, if you ask someone, does product A integrate with product B, Frankly, in the cloud-based world, the answer is always, yes, there's some way you can probably get those two things to interact. But as it turns out, right, there's a big matter of degree of like, oh, well, am I just like, you know, triggering something here, here or events? who knows what happens, you know, versus, yeah, the scenario you were describing where, okay, the data is actually synchronizing between these systems. I'm able to embed uh, things that are happening in this system into workflows, you know, my primary platform, that can trigger things back in the other system. It's surfacing up, you know, uh, into my user interface for my day-to-day work of being able to see, Ah, oh, okay, if I'm on a CRM record, I've got the ability to link off here to, you know, like the, uh, the document that people like signed or, you know, the org chart, uh, you know, that our ABM team is putting together there. I mean, that level of integration is just such a qualitatively different experience. Um, you know, it's more effective, it's more efficient. Uh, and so I think that's really where all the energy is going right now is, um, yeah, not just how do we get two things to integrate, but how do we get them to integrate really, really well
0: and without a lot of work at the end of the day as an agency if we have to put a lot of work and code and all those things to make the integration work then we're also there, there are aspects of it that it could fail it could stop the zap could not happen or things like that and all of a sudden what do you do when the data is not actually updated you have bigger problems than before uh, it is such a refreshing thing to do when you to see that when you connect the two of them or the three or the five or the 10 or whatever it is, the data is flowing and you don't even have to think about it. That's when it makes it stickier and it makes it a big differentiator for the software company and for us because we chose the right software for our customer, right?
1: Yep, no, absolutely. I think, um, yeah, if you can uh, reduce the friction uh, and increase the value, um, that's, it. That's, that's a good it. combo.
0: So, of course, 2020 has been a challenging year for everybody uh, and, and the software industry and the MarTech industry hasn't been, um, a, a, again, it, it's been a challenge for the industry too. Um, some opportunities, we've seen some companies growing incredibly, agencies growing incredibly, but what have you seen out there that are some of the challenges, first of all, and some of the, other, some of the opportunities that came with the crisis?
1: yeah i mean for the martech industry in particular um you know the 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 two main challenges which i I think are pretty universal at this point uh one is uh, just the disruption that happened to a lot of their businesses like you know they were used to getting everyone together in an office or you know something like that and all of a sudden everyone you know has to you know be uh, quarantined and working from home um, you know, some companies were, you know, already doing a lot of remote work and so they adapted instantly. But I think for those who, uh, yeah, that wasn't sort of their default operation, um, you know, that was just sort of like a bump to like, okay, well, we better figure this out. The second thing, and I think most companies have and adapted. And so that was sort of a, a temporary, um, hiccup. Uh, The longer term one is, yeah, just I think what everyone's wrestling with, which is just the overall macroeconomic uncertainty, you know, I mean, there's some things why I think a lot of MarTech companies are actually doing pretty well right now is because of, you know, this environment we've ended up in has actually inspired companies to even get better at like, you know, digital marketing and, you know, digital business and engagement. And so there's actually a lot of net new demand in accelerating uh, those efforts. But that being said, you know, even if as a MarTech company on the surface, you have demand for your particular capability, if your customers or even your customers' customers you know at some point in the chain when you've got you know so many people out of work you know eventually everything does connect uh and so i think we're all in a mode that you know will this situation resolve itself you know when we come into the end of this year or start of 2021 is it going to drag on longer than that? You know, that's that's just an uncertainty that everyone's facing. And so, um, yeah, uh, you know, I, I think martech companies should be very respectful of you know, just yep, this is <laughs> still have to still have to keep our heads down on like making sure we you know get through this that we help our customers get through this. Um, you know, it's like no easy walk here. Um, but that being said, yeah, I mean, you know, the the world has really had a big, uh, you know, uh, awakening of like, wow, if we can't operate our business digitally, if we can't like engage with our customers digitally, um, I mean, how, how do you even like make it through uh, an environment like this? And not only that, but like, even as we're making it through this crisis, I think people are realizing that uh, like, well, wait a second, actually this digital way of working, this digital way of engaging with customers, this is actually kind of cool. I mean, this isn't necessarily like, you know, less than what we were doing before. In some ways this is even better. It's more efficient, like, you know? And so I think that's going to stick with us even once we come out of, you know, pandemic craziness. Um, People are gonna be like, yeah, okay, well, we'll have, face-to-face meetings again and things like that, but boy, there'll be a ton of stuff we just do over digital channels because it's an effective way to work.
0: Yeah, unless you need to do something specifically physically, I'm not going to the doctor ever again. I'm going to do telemedicine and unless they force me to do uh, an in-person entry. And I agree with you what you're saying. The world, we have been it's been accelerated and we have been forced to live you know, in the future. Uh, I, it was funny, I, I mentioned this a couple of times already. Uh, Mikita Mikado, the CEO of PandaDog, he said on Martech Master, he said, we we were forced to live in the future. Everybody's living in the future now and and we had to change everything. We knew this was coming, but we had to make it happen in two months, right? So um, I agree with you. A lot of these processes are going to stay online, stay digital, and we're gonna save a lot of time and money and actually generate more value, uh, even though we will hopefully hug and shake hands again and do more in-person things for sure. Um, I, I see both things. I see the acceleration. We see an incredible influx of leads for us and incredible opportunities because everybody needs to do this and needs to make this happen. And I believe that's a huge opportunity for software companies to make to make an a, a, an incredible piece of software that actually helps a lot of people because there's that need, right? Definitely, definitely. So um, speaking of software companies, let's talk about no code. I think no code is one of the uh, my favorite parts of uh, software when I have to do no code to actually integrate things and make them work. Uh, and I know it's a passion of yours. So why don't you uh, tell us a little bit about what it is and why software companies should definitely pay attention to this trend.
1: Yeah, wow. Where to begin? There's, there's, there's a lot here. I think. Um, so, to me, the most basic definition of no code, and I think we should expand it, but you know, the most basic one is, you know, as a non-technical business user, you know, there now become these tools that let you everything from like build a little interactive web page up to, you know, building like a a little workflow integration of saying, oh, when there's a trigger over here, I want to take that data and depending on what the data says, I want to trigger this other thing over there. um, And I don't need to bother my IT people. I just sort of, you know, visually do it, Um, you know, all the way up to, yeah, there's some of these no code tools out there that like you fill out a spreadsheet You know, you click a button and it will convert it into a, you know, mobile app for, you know, iPhone or Android. Um, And so, yeah, you know, no code as a phrase generally means like, oh, yeah, I can build something that I used to have to get a software person for, but now I can build it without code. But I actually, I think this is a broader phenomenon, Um, you know, and so people talk about citizen developers, uh, you know, around no code. But it's also this idea of citizen analysts, you know, people who aren't data scientists but, you know, using tools like Looker, you know, all of a sudden, you know, they're like able to do some of this like masterful, you know, like, uh, you know, data pattern analysis and being able to extrapolate, you know, uh, models from that and visualize it, Uh, you see it with creative tools um you know i mean things like canva you know i mean you can have absolutely zero graphic design sensibility whatsoever and you go into Canva, it just makes you look like you're a superstar yeah you know on that and so this idea of software giving non-experts the ability to self-service not to the level that the experts would do things, but maybe 80% of the things that frankly, are a waste of time for the experts to be right. wasting their talents on, you know, it's like, oh no, you know. You another picture, you're, like, you're making me do another yeah. picture, go to Canva, right? <laughs> and so I think, yeah, this is this whole space is exploding and I think it is such an empowering movement, uh, you know, for really every professional to know like, you know, I've got my profession that I am an expert in, you know, and I used to have to have all these dependencies on all these other people that really limited how much I could actually do. And now those limitations are just like falling away. Uh, and so, I mean, it's for better and worse. Like there's no excuses, right? You know, it's like if you're, oh, I was waiting for so-and-so, you're like, well, do you really need to wait for so-and-so or can you kind of just do this yourself now? Uh, but yeah, for if, if you're a creator, if you're a builder, if you're an entrepreneur, if you know, um, you're really trying to like just move an idea forward the amount of raw power that is now at your fingertips it's it's truly it's it's, it's science fiction
0: mm-hmm. and 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 it makes everything easier for everybody we are a no code agency we are Tech experts if you want to call it right but we are not coders we're not developers we are not people not nobody of course we can change css code and javascript and do some website design um you know um, little things here and there, and we have a development team that we work with, but we are not coding 99% of the stuff we do. Uh, And we are doing very complex processes, very complex analysis. We're using tools that have AI layers uh, to to analyze data and give us insights automatically. All that would be impossible without this movement. So it's allowing our agency grow as a, Mark, mark tech expert at the same time is allowing all the software companies that we work with to continue to grow because they get more and more customers just because they're creating software that doesn't require me or anybody in my team to decide how is the API going to connect and how many times can it do it is there a limit on the API no no we are like connect app enter right not even enter click right I went uh, 1995 on the enter there, but uh, I don't know if you know what enter is, is that key that you used to have to click when you used to do things. Now it's a click, I'm sorry. That's the no-code part of it. (laughs) So where do you think-
1: Typewriters from like, you know, like- There you go, yeah. That's where they come from.
0: 1995. IBM Selectric, that's what Enter
1: comes
0: from. So so where do you see, again, some of the the challenges for no-code for software companies and also the opportunities that, we've talked a little bit about opportunities, but some of the challenges uh, of, of software companies to get to the no-code side of things, to to continue to give not only professionals, but companies and agencies and other other software companies the ability to do things without having to code?
1: Yeah, it's, it's, it's a great question. Well, I mean, like, you know, uh, uh, the world is, uh, what do they call it, like uh, system dynamics, like everything's all connected. So basically, the moment you eliminate one bottleneck, you know, that's awesome, you celebrate that and you're like, woo all right, so there used to be this bottleneck uh, in how much stuff could be created because it had to go through a really narrow you know funnel of oh well the IT person needs to do that the software developer needs to do that so awesome where you know now like you know getting that bottleneck you know if not completely eliminated like just dramatically changing it um, now like well what become the, the challenges that arise out of that and I think one of them is we're now trying to wrestle with like okay well how do we keep track of all this stuff um, because it used to be right you know like okay well the IT department can create three things a year so they'll create three things and we'll have a lot of fights over what those three things are but you know you can count on one hand what they are. And so it's like, oh, yeah, yeah, I know what things are and I know who owns it and I'm good. You know, as you get into this mode where there's this explosion of builders and creators, you know, that's amazing energy and innovation that's happening, but it's now that it's all on the edge of the organization You have to start to figure out like okay well how do we make sure we just keep track of this stuff how do we make sure it's governed well that it's using data properly that's not violating any sort of you know policies um you know how do we make sure that um you know if someone leaves you know the company or they transfer to another job like you know like you're able to discover, uh, you know, what those things are. And, And the truth is, I think this is what you see a lot of the best no code, you know, companies working on now is they're thinking like, okay, well let's now, now it's great. This is now the challenges. How do we deal with all of this incredible creative energy? Well, okay, let's start to put systems in place to help people have greater visibility into that and track that and put, you know, guardrails in place. And so, I think that's gonna be one of the more interesting dimensions uh, along which you see, uh, yeah, software companies with no code solutions. Um, Yeah, just, uh, you know, up-leveling the value proposition.
0: Not just having a ton of apps that everybody's using, but how do we make them talk to each other, connect and and be be in a cohesive system that we can govern and understand and, and track and secure and all that stuff, right?
1: Yeah, so one of the ways I think about it, and again, you know, I'm biased, so I spend my days at HubSpot thinking about HubSpot as a platform with this ecosystem of all these independent creators and how do we provide some, you know, uh, unification and good governance around that. In many ways, I think that pattern applies inside companies today too, is the marketing department is not this monolithic, you know, MarTech product uh, stack or monolithic, marketing operations. It is this actually very diverse ecosystem of creators all throughout the marketing org. And in some ways, you want to start to think then about the marketing operations and the marketing tech stack as a bit of a kind of a almost like a meta platform. Like, it's like, oh, well, all the people in the marketing department are kind of part of our ecosystem, you know, and so we wanna empower them and we wanna, you know, like really harness the, uh, you know, the energy and the diversity of, you know, all those independent creators. But at the same time, we wanna, you know, like put some structure in place so that people can discover the right things so that they can rest assured, you know, Things are compliant you know with everything from brand standards to privacy regulations you know and so i think when you start to think about you know the world through a platform lens um you're like yeah maybe that's kind of like what the structure of the modern marketing department becomes
0: yeah definitely definitely definitely
1: of course this opens
0: up incredible opportunities for agencies and and software companies because this is an unlimited array of connections and 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 things that could be implemented to make sure that like you said a marketing team that using 35 tools or even more sometimes uh when we do some of those audits uh they you can you can consolidate you can there's so many opportunities to help marketing agencies uh uh, marketing teams to actually use software more efficiently or actually use the software that they're they're paying for or get rid of it if, you're, if they're not using it and at the same time all the connections we, we see so many times that they have multiple databases and that's the first thing that we're trying to say okay hold on who's managing owning what and how do you know that that's updated and uh, is that secured is that GDPR like there's so many layers that at the end of the day helping people helping companies and helping marketing teams with those challenges is going to be again incredible opportunities for everybody.
1: Yeah, you know, now I, I, I feel a little bit, you know, ashamed saying this because, right, like I work for a MarTech company and I'm a big advocate of, you know, the MarTech ecosystem and, you know, the landscape. Um, but the truth is, yeah, I feel like the technologies now in MarTech are, they're not the bottleneck, right? They've so outstripped, you know, most companies' abilities to like actually harness You know, those capabilities um, that I think the greater challenge right now for the vast majority of businesses in the world is not finding the latest, coolest, you know, new MarTech tool. It's about like, wow, how do I really fundamentally systematically adapt my organization, adapt my work processes um, to just really be effective? you know, in this new digital world. And this is why, again, I mean, the digital transformation uh, buzzword is, um, it's unfortunate it's got the buzzword status, but I mean, the, the, the concept there, like the, the, the sentiment behind it, you know, the uh, really the mission behind it is so important. It's like, stop worrying about a specific MarTech tool and uh, yeah, really get the fundamentals, uh, you know, of how you're running your modern marketing team. Um, so yeah, I think, wow, the opportunity for, you know, uh, agencies like yours to just help companies through this transition, you know, in a very multi-dimensional way, um, and not being blinded by, you know, any one particular technology. I think that's such a valuable service.
0: Definitely. Definitely. And, uh, sometimes companies, agencies decide to be agnostic on the software side of things. We've decided to pick the best software for our customers and help them and that's something that differentiates us because first of all we pick the platform HubSpot, that solves a lot of those issues for first hand like the first thing that we do is solve a lot of those issues because there's already a lot of interconnection and security and safety and so many layers that can help you run almost everything you need and then we add specific layers of other Features or AI or things like that that will make even the platform work better and get even more results and more value from it. So I believe that's the that's the power of choosing the right platform, like HopSpot, um, and then choosing software that integrates incredibly with the platform.
1: Yep. No, I've I've been so super impressed with the model that you've pioneered there because uh, of the clarity uh, that it brings. Uh, and yeah, the way you guys have very much like layered, you know, processes and services on top of that. Um, yeah, uh, yeah, you know, I'm a big fan of yours, uh, for this. I think it's a model that a lot of other, uh, uh, companies should take inspiration from.
0: That means a lot from you for sure. That means like the world, uh, to me from, from you for sure. So what, what do you see uh, as the future of Martic? I know this is probably the hardest question to answer today, with the craziness we're going through, but uh, even even with crazy changes this year uh, and all the stuff that we talked about, no code, more security, more interconnection, what do you see in the future of MarTech?
1: Yeah, I mean, you know, I think it really comes down to a couple fundamental beliefs. Um, one is... The number of channels and touch points that businesses and consumers have with each other is only going to continue to grow. It's not going to shrink, you know, because we we don't get rid of channels, right? We just keep adding new ones. Like we've still got radio, you know, as a, you know, channel here. So, um, you know, and just because of all the innovation that's happening, you know, across, uh, you know, consumer technology, yeah, those channels are expanding in a really, you know, just, you know, exponential way. Um, So, Truth, there's gonna be more channels and more kinds of touch points. Another truth, there's gonna be more software in the world. Uh, just, you know, we, we could debate, you know, which players in the MarTech space will consolidate or not consolidate. But if you, if you even step back from MarTech and just like ask, okay, the net number of apps in the world, is it gonna grow or shrink? <laughs> it's gonna grow, you know? And I think if I I take those two fundamental beliefs and I'm like, okay, well, if that's gonna really be something we can rely on for the next 10 years, you know, of marketing and MarTech, then the question becomes like, okay, how do companies, whether it's brands or agencies or MarTech technology providers, how do we adapt to make that world the most effective and useful uh, and enjoyable um, you know uh, for us, and so I think that's you know a big part of like the platform ecosystem side of things is I just believe yeah, you know there is going to be more apps, there are going to be more touch points, and so one of the things you have to do is make sure you have some sort of organizing unifying you know core you know that makes that manageable, that makes that a feature rather than a headache. Um, and so, yeah, I think uh, th- those are pretty broad uh, predictions. No, but... Those
0: are great. Those are great. And in in to the last point that you made, making it easier for people to use it, making it a, a great experience for people to use your app and, and the integration being great so it's not a headache to bring data in and out, uh, That all of those things are such crucial points to make that software successful. I believe that if, if software companies can take one thing from this whole conversation is that they need to make it easier for everybody to use their software, right? Uh, and especially in the integration side of things, pick a platform uh, and you don't have to stick to one platform, but if you're going to be a hotspot platform app, make sure your app, your integration is robust because agencies like us or, you know, big marketing teams will definitely appreciate that and you'll see the rewards from it for sure.
1: Yep. Uh, well, I, I I won't object to your choice of platform.
0: <laughs> <I'm> Bias. <laughs> That's awesome. That's awesome. So thank you again, Scott, for everything you've shared today. Anything else you want to promote? Anything? This is your time. If you want to talk about uh, your blog, we're of course we're going to link to your blog. We did it in the beginning. We're going to do it again so people can check it out. Uh, people should check out the Tech landscape uh, super graphic this year. It's different if you haven't seen it. You have seen it probably because we put it everywhere, but uh, definitely different, go check it out. But anything else you wanna say or promote, Scott?
1: Well, I mean, yeah, come check out the uh, App Marketplace uh, at HubSpot.com, cool new apps every week. Uh, I think you'll find a lot of really exciting uh, solutions there.
0: It's awesome. And again, with more than 500 apps, you will definitely find what you need in the HubSpot platform. That sounded like an ad that I we've been thinking about for years, but no, that just came out.
1: <laughs> and if you don't find what you're looking for, let me know.
0: We'll make it happen, right? Someone will create it for you. There's an app for that, for sure. Thank you, Scott, again for everything. Uh, and thank you for an amazing partnership. Uh, I can't say enough how much you have helped us uh, as partners of the HubSpot platform, as HubSpot partners. Uh, and being able to to add so much value to the HubSpot software with all these integrations and all the work that you guys do. You, I know you say that software companies are the ones that did the software, but you guys have been working incredibly on your end to make it easier for them to to create the right content, to create the right directory for them. So that is, that is what makes a great platform and I really appreciate everything you do.
1: Well, thank you very much. Uh, just an honor to work with you as a partner and thank you for having me on the show.
0: Awesome, Scott. Have a good one and stay safe, okay? Thank you. Take care. Bye-bye.